Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. And joining us now is best fight pick sponsored athlete, the number one contender in the Bellator featherweight division. I'm talking about Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez. Manny, welcome back to Half the Battle. Thank you for having me back. Oh, man, the pleasure's all ours. So, look, you've always been a long-term winner, but your last few fights have been very clean performances. Some of your earlier Bellator fights, they were back-and-forth wars. Is this just the evolution of Matador Sanchez, or is there something specific that changed? Oh, um, well, definitely an evolution. You know, the going into my, what, like, my, my actually just, like, first year of being, you know, getting into Bellator and being in the roster, a lot of those fights were short notice. I literally fought, and then within two weeks, I already signed a contract for another fight. So it's not like I was, you know, I'm not going to say learning something new, but I was always learning something new and working on new things and bettering what I was already good at and, you know, et cetera. But I, uh, I, I was just fight, 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 you know what I mean? It, it was just go, 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 go. So I think uh, early on you saw me make a name for myself, and I had to, you know, take those short of fights. Otherwise, uh, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys, and I wouldn't have... 10 fights in Bellator already. So, you know, I had to take those fights and I uh, had to go out there and make a name for myself and throw down and prove that, you know, I can come forward. I'm aggressive. I, you know, I love to fight. But now it's uh, more methodical and uh, looking to take the, my opponents out. I'm always looking to finish by submission or knockout, you know. So now it's just uh, being more calculated. Now, Manny, you know, when I look at one's record and I see a few losses, you know, personally, I think that's a good thing. And the fact that you mentioned that, you know, you did take a few fights on short notice, one in particular, that Henry Corrales fight um, or the Justin Lawrence fight after the Henry Corrales fight. I feel like that's when you made your, you know, you know, you made a statement to the Bellator community that uh, you're for real. And um, those early losses in your career to guys like Pat Curran and Daniel Weichel, do you think those were those losses were helpful in the maturation of you as a fighter? Well, well, definitely. You know, I mean, you just you just learn. You know, you, you have to learn. Going back to that, you know, I'll be completely honest. Everything was awesome, man. Diet, mentality, training, everything was just, you know. Yeah, I mean, granted, when you take a fight on two weeks notice, what, else, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> but still, you know, being a, a professional athlete, but aside from that, is really not an athlete, you know, a real fighter. So, obviously, a fighter's got to take care of himself in and out of training, and got to be on point, you know? And obviously I was young, it was a while ago, and every day things change between every fight, things change, you know, so I'm glad that uh, it sucks, you know, because especially, you know, no one wants to learn by losing, but it's like medicine. No one wants to take you, but you got to, it's going to make you better, and that's how you learn, you know? And it's only going to help me go up from here, and it only has helped me go up. So they call you overtime because you're considered one of the hardest workers in the gym. And in your fights, you always outwork your opponents. What were you like growing up as a kid, Manny? Huh. Man, not just in the gym, in MMA. That's why it's overtime. Uh, what was I like as a kid, though? Man, I was, uh, excuse my language, just a little shithead. I guess, <laughs> you know, I think. Mean, my mother signed me up for every sport to keep me out of trouble, and I didn't have my father with me in my young years, so my mother was my biggest supporter, and, you know, always encouraged me to, to wrestle, to play baseball, to play soccer, to, even if I didn't, you know, I'd never, I'd never done it, but she encouraged me to want to try it, to see if I liked it, and then I just fell in love with it all, and 
you know, just uh, tell them the truth. I just was never good at any of them. I mean, uh, granted, how can you tell if you are as a kid? But, you know, I enjoyed doing them, but I obviously wasn't a star, an all-star player, you know, like a coach's favorite or a starter even. I was just baseball was in the outfield. I wanted to pitch. I wanted to be first base. I wanted to do something cool. Soccer, I wanted to be a forward or a midfielder. Too slow. So goalie or defense. Football, I wanted to run the ball or be a you know wide receiver or something like that. They put me on line, so I'm like, man, I hate all this. So that's why I became a fighter. Sure. So, do you get your work ethic from your parents? Is it something you're born with, or is it something you've acquired along the way? Well, definitely born with. It runs in the family. You know, I uh, since my uh, childhood, I've seen my mother and grandfather work multiple jobs. You know, when I was really young, and then when my parents separated, I had to uh, just see my mother just struggle, and and all my aunts and uncles, and, and you know, cousins and people that were you know my elder at the time that uh, took care of me as a kid, and uh, that's just how I knew it was just monkey see monkey do. I knew that I'm like, damn, if uh, the generation that's growing up here in the United States coming from Mexico, I was like, I'm a, I'm gonna be a real insult to my parents and my ancestors if I. Uh, don't really work my ass off, you know what I mean? My grandfather came here as a as a farm worker, you know, coming in and working in California picking strawberries and uh, cabbage pets and everything. So, uh, and it's awesome being able to fight, you know, again in, the, in, in Chicago because my father works construction. He helped build the roads there. You know, my grandfather worked in the factory for 30 years, never missed a day of work, you know, so... Uh, I honestly, I feel like what I do, I feel maybe compared to what my parents and grandparents and family did, you know. Now, Manny, you know, when when I'm sure when you, uh, before a fight, you know, you always envision of, uh, you know, some of every every fighter wants a fight to go as smooth as possible. Now, in a lot of your fights, I mean, we can count a bunch of times in the Henry Corrales fight when you were cut up open and you had him in a triangle. I mean, when you fought Justin Lawrence and, you know, the first couple minutes, you know, he came out throwing all that spinning stuff at you. But it just shows that, you know, you face adversity well. Now, is that something that you just thrive off of, you know, coming back from fights? Or is it due to slow starting or is it part of the plan? Uh, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I look back at every fight and I'm always like, all right, let's go, it's time to fight. And then I'm like, damn, man, why am I, I'm not going to get behind, but why, am I, why am I making it harder than it is or even? It's just like, I don't know. Well, I guess it was always, always caught up in being a profession. I really am. It sucks. Other than fighting, nothing is perfect. No strike, no full crap. No, no, nothing is perfect in the fight. But um, you can try to execute your game plan as much as possible, but everyone's game plans change once they get punched in the mouth, you know? So Mike Tyson said it best. And for me, if, uh, I, don't, I don't like being reckless. I never thought of, like, I'm going to run at this guy and just try to swing for the fences. Or, you know what I mean? I always just try to be too calculated, try to be too perfect, and then that's what could potentially make me fall behind. But, you know, I know how to go forward now, and I... Watch well, some of my favorites, like uh, Triple G, Triple G and Canelo, you know what I mean? One of the best. They're just, uh, you know, we know what we're there to do. Go out and just take care of business. Who cares? You know, I know that I'm not an athlete. I know that I'm not faster than a lot of guys. Uh, I'm not more athletic, whatever. When my dressing is not better, or this is not better, I'm just a better fighter. So my fight IQ, my jiu-jitsu, my striking, I just put it all together. So Mexican fighters have always had a reputation for not being scared to get into a real fight. And when I say real fight, I mean back and forth. I mean blood and guts. I mean Sanchez versus Corrales. Do you genuinely enjoy the chaos of a fight? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, 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 I
actually, you know, like, yeah, in the middle of that fight, I was like, yeah, man, what's up with this guy, you know what I mean? But you could, I guess, say he, he really brought out the Mexican in me. I didn't want to fight like that, but, but I did. But, I mean, yeah, that was a uh, ball to the walls, like, you know, battle of wills who's going to break. And I think I just had more experience than him. Not necessarily, you know, we had run the same amount of fights, but I just had uh, tougher opponents. So I already knew what it had been like to be in a battle like that. And I um, used that, I guess, you know, when blood's dripping and, like, you know, tough as hell, fighting that triangle, tough as hell, taking head kicks and flying knees to the teeth and his face. I'm like, damn, man, I was going to take this guy out. But, you know, we have the same birthdays. So, I mean, this guy, you know, kind of just like me. So it is what it is, but it's learning, you know. Now I know from the next time I'll finish it in the first round like I like I should have. Now you know how um, it's interesting because we had a John McDessie. He fought a few months ago at a UFC Winnipeg, and you were in his corner. But he uh, he had some interesting things to say. He credited you, he actually credited you uh, saying that you got his mental game right because you know he was facing a lot of uh, tough times before that fight. I mean, how is that camaraderie in Rufus Sport? And uh, how is uh, your relationship with all the guys there? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, Paul Felder is a great guy. He's getting ready to scrap next week. So anytime he comes in, very supportive, always working hard. No matter who you are, he'd love to work with you. And, you know, that's what he knows. Everyone's there to get ready for victory, right? And get ready for a fight. And that's exactly what Paul needs. And it's been successful for him, you know. Three finishes, two in the first round. So, Paul's been doing his thing, and now look how good uh, John looks, you know. Um, he credited me, I think, just for the mental game. I was helping him get ready a lot. He actually stayed with me and my uh, wife-to-be later on. But uh, we uh, we helped him. He stayed, got his mental game right, got him, get, I think, just enjoying training. That was more than anything. Tyler Woodley said the same thing. Uh, when a lot of guys would come from big gyms or go to many different gyms, you know, they got to, I'm not going to say gym hop, but they got to go to a lot of different places to do camps or whatever to get working. It, uh, it can take a toll, you know, but here at Rufus Sport, it doesn't matter if people come from out of town or they're homegrown here with us. Everyone here has got the same goal and we're here to help each other. No one's here to hurt someone or beat someone up. Everyone here, no matter if they're in UFC or Bellator or not, they're looking to, you know, get there one day. So they want to help whoever is there already, so when their time comes, you know, they know that they can rely on anyone else to do that for them as well. So, earlier I asked you about your youth. Uh, you said you were a little shit growing up. Did you get into a lot of fights? Were you the most fierce guy on the sports team? What, what was the youth like for Manny Sanchez? <laughs> no, in soccer, they call me the bulldozer, but honestly, man, like I said, I just, uh, I just would love to go. I'm like, let's just go, you know? I, uh, one thing, one thing that yeah, I guess you could say, which you can see in my fights, that I had as a kid, as a youth, is I'm not an athlete at all, but I just go. That's it. So people, like, I basketball, perfect example, too. I played that, too, but I suck at basketball. I can't shoot, I can't pass, but I'll go. <laughs> so you just up and down the court, nonstop. Here, up and down the field, nonstop. You know what I mean? Anything you ask me to do, I just won't stop. You know? So, and that's a fight. And that's a fight for me, you know, striking on the ground, uh, I'm all go, 100%, you know, I'm fifth and sixth year, and if there was a seven or eight plus the math, you know, and he, I'm, uh, I'm not stop, and that's why you just never get tired, this uh, unstoppable uh, force and the immovable object, so 
at that's all I got going for me. You know, I'm not an all-American wrestler. I'm not a black belt jiu-jitsu yet. I'm not some amazing striker, obviously. I just uh, use all the martial arts from every single person. I use the Pettis Brothers, my coach, you know, I put it all together, and I just go. That's my favorite. I just love to go forward, and I love to fight. Now, Manny, your last three wins have been against uh, three guys that have held some type of championship in some type of capacity with, you know, Georgie, Marcos Galvao, and Daniel Strauss. Now, this uh, Sam Cecilia fight, considering your last three opponents' resumes, were you a little hesitant to take this fight, or were you all, or are you just all, all in because, you know, he is a UFC vet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, you know, I really don't care. I don't hand-pick opponents. I don't want to do call-outs. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. One day, Perhaps, yes, me and Patricio Pitchell will dance, or me and Daniel White will rematch, or me and Pat. I, I don't know, and I don't care, personally. You know, and I know there's a bunch of other little young guys coming up, whatever. You know, I've already proved that I'm a, I was a prospect contender, and now I know that I'm right there to, you know, scratching on the door, not even knocking, just right there, uh, getting a title shot. But... Mm, you know, it doesn't matter. If there's one more fight, ten more fights, i got to do what i got to do. I'm a prize fighter. You know, this is what I do to provide for me and my lovely significant other, my family. This is how I feed myself. So how? why am I going to pick and choose opponents or why am I going to say, oh, yeah, no, I want to wait for my title shot or I want to be on the, on the bench. I'm healthy, I'm young, and I need to get paid. So i got to whoop some ass and get some money. You know what I mean? So Sam Cecilia... He isn't only the third UFC vet you faced, but he's also the second fighter you fought from season 15 of The Ultimate Fighter, my personal favorite season. Is it kind of surreal fighting these guys who you've watched for years? Very, because I used to live out in the Pacific Northwest, and I remember when Sam Cecilia and Michael Chiesa were like, they would make trips from Washington or wherever, you know, yes, we came Washington all the way down to SoCal to uh, Eric Del Fierro and the Alliance. And, you know, they've been through a lot. Now it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, man. It's very surreal. You know, now it's Anthony versus Michael and me versus Sam. So it, it's crazy. And now it's Elder versus uh, Aliquinta. So we're taking out that whole season of the Ultimate Fighter right now in the month of April. <laughs> very surreal, very crazy, you know, to think that, you know, I was in high school still. I had an amateur even coming up. And these guys were already, uh, you know, 10 and 1 as professionals. And now... It's crazy to say we're going to lock horns, you know, to, to say that I saw him on the Ultimate Fighter and then see him fighting in the UFC, and I'm just like, damn, dude, this is nuts. Uh, and, you know, yeah, now I'm scrapping with him. You know, and I, remember, I felt that way with Daniel Pineda or Georgie or Marcos as well, and, you know, and now it's, uh, and Pat, you know, but now it, it just means nothing. It's like I know a lot of these guys have been fighting a lot longer than I have or they started before I did, but, you know, that's good. You know, I'm just a young guy right now with uh, lots of experience, and I'm going to use that towards my advantage, and I can't wait to go out and uh, put on a show and take them out. You know, prior to your Bellator debut, you know, or at least before you pack, fought Pat Curran, you know, the... the the consensus on you is that you were a striker, but recently, man, you've been using that jujitsu to smash guys on the mat. I mean, which one are you enjoying more not, more these days? Personally, my, my growth is kind of lame, but... You know, everybody likes moving around me, but um, 110% complete, man. People to sleep on the ground or on my feet. That's just my game. You know, I'm looking for the KO. I know, I mean, bad that I only got one, but I, I hate to play that card, 
So speaking of techniques, you pitched a shutout against the former world champion Marcos Galvo, and there was one thing specific in the in the clinch. You had a technique where you were kind of bouncing, and I noticed it. I was wondering what that was about. Can you can you explain that to me? Yeah, a lot of people uh, don't know that. The honestly, man, even a judge when you know wouldn't score that. That's not striking or hurting, but what it does is uh, it, it's annoying. So. Uh, that's that's my thing. I like to I like to be annoying. I like to be an asshole. I want to bounce your feet. I want to punch you in the face. I want to grind and dig my forearm in your throat. Like you know, it's a fight. So I'm gritty. It ain't gritty, ugly. I don't care. You piss me off. You're there to fight me. You know, someone in there is trying to strangle me unconscious, knock me out unconscious, cut me. They want to see me bleed. So fuck you. You know what I mean? I'm trying to fuck you up. That's what I think. So. If that pisses you off and annoys you, for me, I don't care. I'm like, oh, is this boring you? Is this pissing you off? Good. <laughs> so I'm going to keep doing it then. I'm going to stop your feet. I'm going to knee you on the legs. I'm going to heel kick you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it is legally in the rules. It's a fight. You know what I mean? I'm looking to outfight that ass and whoop that ass. So in the clinch, what we call that is uh, hopping. And it's right underneath your face and your jaw. And it's pushing you up against the fence. And it's really grinding your head on the fence and your body. And it's me jerking my head up and down underneath your chin. It's not necessarily like headbutting someone, but it's really putting that pressure in their throat and their jaw and just making them really uncomfortable, which in the end result opens up elbows, knees, takedowns, whatever, you know? So I'm always looking at just be a little asshole in there. Now you and Cecilia, you know, you do got you guys do have common opponents, and you know his UFC career didn't go the way he wanted to. He's still a tough guy, but I mean, it is no secret that you know he has been finished by submission several times, and that you know when guys, it seems like when guys set the tone on him early, that things generally don't go his way. I mean, uh, where do you see the advantages in this fight? Personally, everywhere, you know. Um this is just another dance here. I, I'm not stupid. I'm a realist. I know this guy can put my lights out. This is a fight. Anyone could, you know. But uh, this is going to be my 20th professional fight. And 30th in general, you know. I've had 10 electric fights. So all in all, in the maze, 
and a decade of fighting this uh, this 2018 for me as well. I had my first fight at 18, so a decade of uh, fighting. So it's pretty pretty amazing, you know. I'm, but I'm a realist. I'm real. I'm humble. Uh, but I know what he can do, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to shut him down, break his rhythm, and post my will and make him dance my dance. And put him out on the ground or on the feet because he's been stopped by both. So I know I can whoop that ass everywhere. And there's honestly, if someone wants to say, what's your style of fighting? That's my style of fighting. When I was a kid, if I did something bad, my parents pulled my pants down and put that leather on my ass, you know, that, that belt, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm looking to do, whoop that ass. That's my style. Whatever I need to do to finish the fight and win the fight, I'm going to do. And I'm glad you brought that up, man, because, you know, kids these days, they, they don't get the spankings that, you know, me, Shaq, and, your, and yourself, Manny, used to get. So, you know, I asked you about growing up, but where does your competitive nature come from? And the reason I ask is because, look, some fighters are great at front running. Others are only good if they get that first round finish. I've seen Matador Sanchez finish fights. I've seen you win close decisions. I've seen you do it all. It's obvious winning is paramount. So where does that competitive nature come from? And yeah, man, you know, it's uh, it, this is my heart and my blood, I guess. You know, when I was a kid, I I hated, being, you know, on the suicides in basketball or soccer or anything, always the last one, dude. Always the last one on the runs and the sprints or anything, or at least the last of the pack, close to that, you know what I mean? And, you know, you, you get that look against the other guy who's, like, right there next to you or close to you, and you're just like, we're looking at each other, and I'm like, damn, we, we don't want to be the last guy. And... Uh, that sucks because I always had to fight that and I'd be the last guy instead of always being the first guy. And uh, yeah, I had that in wrestling as well growing up as a kid. And now I see it, you know, and that's how I got those close to decision victories. I don't want that. I never wanted that, but that's how I know I can pull it off because coming from behind or coming in a close fight, I knew I can look in their eyes and see, all right, this guy got, we're close or he got ahead of me. But now I know deep down inside, he's quitting. I can feel it in his in his heart, in his soul. I know I got him. You know, Mike Tyson said it best. I wanna I wanna take his heart out and show it to him. And so now <laughs> I'm I'm showing in my heart by saying we call it in uh, the Muay Thai the black heart. When shut down, I know I got him. Like he might have got me, but now I know like you might be first. But now I'm I'm finishing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, it's not about where you start, it's where you finish. So I know I'm like, damn, all right. It's going to be one of those ones, but I know I can outlast you. I can uh, grind you. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Smith, uh, I know he's going away, but uh, he said it best, and it's true. You know, I didn't want to be that kind of guy, not a front runner. But uh, I, I do know that I cannot last them. I do know my pace and my rhythm and my, I'm not going to say my speed, but my tempo is what I can call it break guys. You know, they think they got me. They think they, they will get me right away. They think they want to take me into deep water, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's, there's going to be 30 now, so going to be 30 tried, 30 failed. Uh, I just, I want to give people that look of disbelief, that look of just like, Jesus, like, my God, I'm going to say a prayer, like, what is it going to take to stop this guy? You know what I mean? I can't, why, can't, why isn't this guy tired? Coach, why isn't that guy on the stool? Coach, why isn't, oh, like, Coach, I can't keep up with this guy. So that's what I want to do, and that's how it's going to be. Now, Manny, you know, I, I realize, you know, you did just get a new deal with Bellator. And, you know, me and Dan, we've always been struggling with the fact, why isn't Manny Sanchez more talked about? Because, especially considering your last fight with Daniel Strauss, who is a former two-time world champion, and, I mean, you know, we saw how that fight went. I mean, are you looking to get your name more out there? And um, do you feel like you're getting promoted in the right ways? Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm,
see these young kids like AJ McKee and Gallagher, you know, not nearly putting anywhere close to the amount of work you've put in and, you know, they're on commercials on Paramount Network and that's cool and all. But ultimately, I just wanted to ask, you know, the 145 pound division, super stacked. I mean, you've pretty much fought everyone in the division. Now, I know you still got unfinished business with Pat and Vaishal and things like that, but I mean... Who do you ultimately envision yourself taking that belt from? Now, I know you really don't care of who it is, but who do you actually think uh, you'll take that belt from? Yeah, I don't know. There's only kids, like you just mentioned, or whatever. I just tell them, don't be an idiot. You know what I mean? Don't piss me off. Don't be stupid, man. You know what I mean? All these, like I said, everyone's a tough guy on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Everyone wants a hashtag. Or when they, you know, oh, okay, you're going to call someone out when they're not even in the arena or in the same country where you're at. <laughs> You know what I mean? They might be watching on TV or they'll see it on, you know, with us or post it. But for me, like I said, I don't need to go and comment if someone wants to tag me and something call me out. I just tell them to kiss my ass. You know what I mean? First of all, like uh, like I just mentioned before, let the fist do the talking. And also, I let my record do the talking. How about that? Look at my last three opponents. Look at my last opponent. Let my victories do the talking. You know what I mean? How about that? Compare my opponents to their opponents, my victories, my finishes compared to theirs. How about that? Let's just let that speak for itself, right? And in my own right, you know, uh, yeah, there's Pat, there's Daniel, there's Pitbull. There's, I want to fight them all, you know, not to be a geek, but uh, like I mentioned before, Pokemon. You know, the 150 more Pokemon, man, I got to go out and catch them all. You want to be a Pokemon master, you got to catch them all. So if I'm going to be here, like for me, Aldo is someone that I respect a lot. BJ Pat also because... And same here, and I'll, I'll say why. Chuck Liddell as well. I'm sorry. I could go on and on and on. But 
These guys didn't handpick opponents. They didn't want big money fights. They didn't reach out to go box or want to go do something else. They fought whoever the president put in front of them, the matchmaker put in front of them. You know what I mean? They didn't call anybody out. They said, oh, this dude thinks he's the toughest guy? All right, let's go. You and me right now. You know what I mean? So that's my that's me. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what rank you are, what belt you have, whatever record doesn't, doesn't mean shit. It's uh, all right. This, this is who they gave me. Okay, let's do it. You know, they can give me Gallagher right now, McKee right now, whoever right now. I'll beat them all in one night. I don't give a damn. You know, what I mean, I'll do whatever it takes to to go out and prove that I'm number one. I'm the best, and I completely cleaned out the division. You know, I, I that's what I want to leave as a reputation, and also when when I'm done from this sport. That, 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 yeah, this guy, no matter what weight, no matter who, where, when, like, he fought everybody. No questions asked. And he's not a diva. He's not asking for this amount of money. He's not asking to fight here in Chicago or Milwaukee or wherever. You know, I'll, I'll go wherever, wherever asked. I need to look. 100%. And, man, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, look, we talked about, you know, the marketability and the push. And it's kind of interesting to me because, look, Manny Sanchez is a super marketable guy. I mean, your fighting style is super exciting. Not only that, you have a country behind you. You speak perfect Spanish. You're fighting in the co-main event of the Fedor vs. Mir card. So why, you know, why are those things happening? And then why is, you know, the social media, you know, showing something else? You know what I'm saying, Manny? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I guess I just, you know, I do spend a lot of time on social media, and I don't because most people can try to buy followers or do all these other hashtags or all these other things and seek out sponsors. And honestly, man, all I really focus on is fighting. And I get my miles in, get my strength conditioning in, I get my sparring in. That's I'm always in the gym. I mean, if I'm not in the gym, I'm resting at home with my girl. That's it. You know, uh, I live right. By, I live across the street from the gym, and I did that for a reason. I've been doing. I did that for it's two gone, two three years now. I've been lived uh, across the street from the gym uh, to be wake up, no driving, nothing, and I walk right to the gym, no excuses. You know, and I walk right back, and uh, we treat it just like a camp in Thailand. You know, if it was me, I still I could live at the gym, but now I got my own spot, I'm doing my own thing, and yeah, all I focus on is training and winning. That's all I envision. That's all I care about. You know, I feel like too many people still can go out and make call-outs and do all this stupid stuff. Seeking for the title. Yeah, the title is there, man. You know, I know it's there. I know who has it. I know who's fighting for it, whatever. But right now, i got Sam Cecilia. And before that, I had Daniel Strauss. So for me, it doesn't matter. i got to do what i got to do. This is my job. This is my life as a fighter, a prize fighter. And I got no belt is on the line. Money and getting my hand raised is on the line right now. So that's what I'm going to go do. And then I'll worry about what's next after. But first things first is eliminate Sam Cecilia. Now, you know, you did recently just talked about your uh, weight. Now, you had some weight issues uh, a few fights back, and now you just mentioned your uh, girls uh, making your meals and doing your diet for you. Is it a big difference? And uh, can you tell when you're in that cage? Yeah, no. Uh, if there's anything I've ever been cocky or arrogant about, it, it's cutting weight. Because, you know, and I'm getting older now, too. You know, a lot of guys always think, like, oh, yeah, man, a 15 pound cut, no big deal. 20 pound cut, oh, yeah, I've done this before, I can do it again. Blah, 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 blah. Truth is, you don't know how anybody's going to react. You can get sick, you can get cramped up. So just something can happen, man. Shit happens. You know? 
Uh, you eat something bad, it messes up your stomach, or your body just shuts down. It just doesn't want to let you cut the last three pounds, you know what I mean? And honestly, this is what it's always been for me. I've never had where, oh, wow, the weight just won't come off. It's always been the last two to three pounds, you know, which could be just water, just food, whatever, you know what I mean? But your body is just, you know, no energy and want to do it. So for me, I have to focus more on being nourished and being healthy, you know? Going on the last fight with Daniel, fight week, still training, fully fed and hydrated, uh, I'd made weight the two days before, and I could still train and do everything just fine. So that's when you know you're healthy and nourished, you know? When previously, it'd be fight week, and I'm dreading the damn thing, and I'm in sweats, or I'm in the sauna, I'm in the hot tub, I'm in the steam, I'm in something, being miserable, you know, hanging off a ledge, getting held up, like feeling like, you know, can't talk, it's hard to rehydrate, just feel like shit, you know? And now we have to take advantage of these early weigh-ins, you know? So get this done, be on top of it, be a professional, be smart, don't be stupid, you know? Like, that's a, a young, stubborn, cocky, dumb-headed mentality to think I can cut 15 pounds in a week or whatever in a week, you know? Why do that to yourself, you know? But now I make sure by week it's like 10, and even then I can still train and eat, you know? It's not like, oh, wow, I'm just like, can't eat, can't drink, dip in a breath, you know what I mean? That's stupid, you know, especially when you're going to go in there and fight someone who can punch you in the body and make you feel it, you know. So I, uh, I'm looking to just be healthy, be strong, and have that, that advantage and that edge in each every way possible. And now that I'm learning more about this and that she's doing this for me and taught me about it and helped me, I know I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm that much more dangerous now. After beating a guy like Daniel Strauss, you know, a two-time world champion, you beat him so decisively, what does that do for your confidence? And the reason I ask Manny is because, because, look, you've always believed you were a future world champ, but now getting a victory over a top three guy like that, it had to reaffirm and cement those beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I just, uh, knowing that he's been in five-round wars and, you know, he, man, ah, damn, on any given day, you know, between him and Curran, him and Pitbull, him and Baicho, you know what I mean? Him and uh, John Pichera, you know, with these guys who are at the top. Who does come out on top each and every time? You know, that's why they've had trilogies and four fights with each other because they're so damn exciting and they're so back-to-back and they're so gritty, you know. He's, I, I feel like he could have Pitbull's number and Pitbull has his number. And same thing with Curran, you know, that uh, with Strauss. Has. So, I mean, you're right, man. Two-time champ for a reason. Damn good fighter for a reason. So a lot of experience. But, uh, yeah, going back to, you know, childhood days, everything I ever wanted to do, man, was being a champion. Soccer, I wanted to be, I wanted to win state in high school. That's all I wanted. I wanted, of course, be on varsity, which I wasn't, but I was like, all right, I'm going to work my ass off to be on varsity, to be the one that sub at least to, let's go to state, let's win the regional, the sectional, on the way to state, you know, and take it. You know, I, I love Friday Night and Lights, you know, the Permian Panthers, man, let's take state. That's what I'm all about. Uh, in any sport I played, uh, that competitive nature, like you mentioned, I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to be number one. Second place was the first loser to me. You know, I, I know you give it your all and you, you do your best, but I, I, want, I love winning, you know, and I hate losing more than I love winning. So that's just that much of my competitive nature. Fourth grade, we fucking lost a kickball tournament, and I cried seeing the <laughs> other class. Like, I, I cried. And my stomach hurt so bad seeing the other kids and the teacher smile and laugh and be so happy and like, you know, they didn't even keep the damn trophy. Who knows what happened to it? You know, any trophy store could have, who knows, probably in the garbage or recycled by now. 
But still, knowing the fact that they beat us, and, you know what I mean, like, I hate it. I hate it every second of that. You know, kind of like Grandma Muhammad Ali hated every second of the training, you feel that? I was feeling it today, thinking, like, damn, man, training's a bitch. But I hate not getting my hand raised. I hate seeing another guy, you know, you know, be better than me, whoop my ass. You know what I mean? How my coach called it, being hosed in front of God and everyone. You know what I mean? Getting stopped, getting, you know, your worst nightmares happening. So we train that way. We train when you're sick, when you're tired, when you're sore, when you're beat up. You know, you push yourself through these things to, to go out there and be victorious. And that's my thing. I want to win more so badly that I'll do whatever it takes to do it. And short take a steroids. I mean, I'm a clean fighter. So I bust my ass off and I'm fucking clean. Uh, and I can't even do beans or rice. I can't do my Mexican steroids. I gotta fucking eat and be right. You know what I mean? I will have to weigh in, but I can't, you know, leading up to the fight. That's the Mexican steroids. And that's what gets me fucking amped and ready to go out and throw down and whoop someone's ass. So, and that's what I'm ready to do. This guy's got to pay for me suffering like this, for me to get my hand raised because sure as hell not going to be him getting a it's going to be me. So, my desire to win outlasts their desire to not get beaten there. You know, my, that's what it's all about. It's all about desire. Thinking of remember the Titans in Friday Night Lights. All I wanted to do was win and be a world champion. And that's all I ever envisioned. Since my first fight ever, I felt like it was a world title fight. You know what I mean? And I trained like it was a world title fight. And each and every fight, I knew, oh, I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. Not that I had a, you know, I don't fight not to lose. I fight to win. I'm not afraid to lose. I know what can happen. I'm a realist. I'm a human. It's happened. But I know what I'm capable of. And I know I'll do whatever it takes to get my hand raised. And I know that I can. And I know that I will. Now, I know you're all about getting the job done, getting the win by any means necessary, but when we talk about Sam Cecilia, we, we know that the, the deal here. We know that he wants to stand in the middle and slug it out and, you know, see who falls down first. I mean... We know those type of fights are fun. I mean, is there any type of, any any little bit inside of you want to stand in the middle and slug it out? Uh, yeah, man, like you see in my fights, you know, I will. I'm not, I'm not afraid. Like, let's do it, you know, bring it. He, uh, I'll meet you in the middle. It's going to be a mad meeting for you, though. <laughs> you know, I, uh, if you want to bite down the mouthpiece and go, let's go. You know, that's, that's the Mexican style. You know, and that's what Triple G is always saying. I like to get up in there and fight and throw down, you know. So, the 2018 it's, uh, it's all smiles and applicants because uh, truth is, that's how you score a knockout. How are you going to fight someone who's, let's say, going backwards or not engaging, you know? Uh, in order to knock someone out or turn a fight, be there, you know what I mean? You got to stand in the middle and trade. If I run, how am I going to get him? You know, how am I going to take him down? How am I going to do anything? How, you know what I mean? So, right there, ball through the walls, right in the center of that, uh, that Bellator ring. And uh, I'll meet you in the middle. My man, it's going to be a, a bad meeting for you. And I'm down. Mexican style. Let's get up in there and let's go around. And last question, Manny. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us, man. So, a lot of fighters only enjoy the moment when their hand gets raised. But they don't actually enjoy the fight itself. For you, do you genuinely enjoy the process of breaking down another opponent with your martial arts skill, or is it solely about that moment when they raise your arm the winner? Uh, when you, it's very surreal, yeah, and you raise your arm the winner because it's like you're changing, you know, when that light, when that, that switch, when the lights come on, you got to be this, and then now 
the fight's over and now it's like, all right, I get what I deserve. Let's give me, let's give me my hand raised, you know what I mean? You know, by stoppage, because I whooped that ass. But, yeah, it is it, it is awesome, you know, knowing that I have gone the distance, seeing a guy's eyes just wither and just hear him wince and, you know, crouch and be just, you know, ache and pain, but from the leg kicks, the body kicks, the head kicks, the teeth, the punches, the elbows, you know, I do enjoy seeing that. I do, you know, that's uh, what my coach says. It's going to, excuse my language, but I forget your dick hard. <laughs> you know, knowing you hit someone, you're like, and they're like, oh, and like, oh, yeah, I got you, my leg got me right where I want you, you know, and or let's just say a scramble. He tried to take me down, nice, right, shot them, I move him, and I, we we fight like hell for a good, let's say, 30, 40 seconds, and it's still the first round, and you just see him take that deep breath. I'm just like, huh, huh. I'm just getting warmed up, and I see you withering away already. All right, here we go, get ready for the onslaught. I do enjoy that. It is. It is a pleasure. But, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the Conor McGregor, Aldo situation, a boom, a, a quick punch, and he goes down, he's out. Or, you know, I go out and I, I put him away and I make him go through hell. You know, I really make him feel hell like could be put Michael Johnson through and telling him that he must give up, he must quit. And then, you know, where he gives me the submission because I made him quit. Or I get the TKO. Either way. You know, I'm looking to come out on top, stay on top, finish this fight, and get my hand raised and get me some pizza. Well, Manny, it's going down April 28th, Bellator 198, Paramount Network, Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez versus Sam Cecilia. Look, I know you'll take a W by any means necessary, but when you visualize it, how do you see it going down? Uh, I see myself being too much, sticking in with the punches, sticking in with the kicks. He's going to try to take me down. Of course, everyone says they want to throw down. But the second they get hit, they go for the takedown. Oh, you're a wrestler now. And I end up on top. And then I pound him out with the TKO. Or he gives me the rear naked choke. But he's going out. Well, Manny, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure. The fans can follow you at El Matador 145 on Twitter and Matador Sanchez on Instagram. Manny, any message for the fans before we go? Thank you all so much for the support. Don't forget to tune in April 28th, Bellator 198, with Fedor Nurjanenko and Fred Mir as the, as the main event. Excuse me, and me as the co-main event, you know. But I'm looking to be the star of the whole show. I understand it's the debut of Dylan Dennis. A, the, uh, a dream fight between Fedor and Frank Mir finally in the heavyweight tournament. Lovato on the card, Damon Gracie on the card. I understand there's a lot of stars in the card, but I'm looking to have the performance of the night, the finish of the night, and I'm looking to steal the show. Yes, sir. And fight fans, make sure you go to bestfightpicks.com and use the promo code MATADOR to save 15% off any package. Manny, best of luck in the fight, and we'll talk soon, man. Thank you so much, you guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMA Genius 05. Follow Emmanuel Sanchez at El Matador 145. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Hook up those five star reviews on iTunes. Go to bestfightpicks.com. Use the promo code Matador to save 15% off any package. Follow our Instagram at Best Fight Picks Official. Shaq and I will be back later next week to break down UFC 223, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib, Joanna versus Rose. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.